What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome back inside the locker room studios for this very special edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media, and now in association with LastWordOnProWrestling.com. My name is Jargo. I'm here with my tag team partner, RBV, but please join us in welcoming to our show our guest, ladies and gentlemen. She's one-fourth of the huge Women of Honor Fatal 4-Way coming up next Friday at Ring of Honor's final battle. She's the gatekeeper, the pretty badass. We like to think the future Women of Honor champion, ladies and gentlemen, making her second appearance on the show, Miss Kelly Klein. Miss Klein, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. You just talked really fast. Did you know that there's some money in... uh you doing like the fine print on radio ads. You know, if if people are are shopping, I'm absolutely buying. I mean, I and I have a friend who did it, and he also got homemade muffins. So I just, I mean, I don't know if that's standard, but well, you know, we, to look into. We had Jay Lethal on the show, and he said that he wanted me to be his personal ring announcer. But then, you know, of course, I haven't oh, heard back I, I from him. Oh, I thought you were going to say he gave you muffins. So <laughs> no muffins either. <laughs> Jay Lethal Muffins. Macho Muffins. I like it. Black Machismo Muffins. <laughs> I went 10%. As I said off the top there, Miss Klein, this is your second time on the show. We last spoke with you right before your big matchup with current and first Women of Honor champion Sumi Sakai. First and foremost, how have you been? And tell people what you've been up to uh, since you were last on the show back in March. I have been, well, I'm glad you said when I was on the show so I can figure out what I've been doing. <laughs> Like, wait, when was that? What have I done? Um, yeah, I've been I've been doing well. I've been keeping busy. I was with Ring of Honor on their United Kingdom tour, uh, which was awesome because I had never wrestled in the UK before, so I got to wrestle in England and Scotland. And then I returned to stardom at the end of the summer, August uh, through beginning of October. And got to travel around and wrestle in Japan again. And then in between, I've just been bopping around the U.S., um, mostly with Ring of Honor. And, you know, just trying to get in front of new people and meet, you know, all of my fans, tweeting at them, answering their questions, um, you know, that sort of thing. Training at the Ring of Honor Dojo. So, pretty busy. Among other things. In wrestling all around the world in such a short period of time like that, there's such a difference between the American fans and the UK fans and the Japanese fans. Do you notice that as a performer? Like, Does it change the performance at all for you, depending on exactly where you are throughout the world? I guess in a way, anywhere, um, anywhere you go, whether it's in a different country or even, you know, around different regions, um, in, in the same country or the same area, you're going to have some differences just because you really do feed off of the energy of the audience. And that's, that's something that I think is really fun, but it's also in a way kind of the, the more things are different, the more they're the same, because ultimately those, those people, wherever you go, show up because they want to be entertained and they want to be more invested. They're already invested and they, they want you to give them a reason to be even more invested. And um, you know, they, they like to interact now different places. It's kind of like 
they interact in a different way. So uh, when when we were in Scotland, for example, um, and, and I think in in Europe and different places in Europe, fans will like have really elaborate chants and like whole songs. So it's, um, <laughs> you know, you can really kind of just take time to, to soak that in and, and that that's, that's a little different, you know, they've got like a whole thing going. <laughs> and then um, in Japan, sometimes it's like they're interacting and they're watching, but um, they're not always as outwardly vocal and they're not always. Um, it's a lot quieter like, audience. They're, 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 they're much yeah, more they're engaged. Like, but they're also not like working together with their chanting and clapping. Um, and I think in a way it's, it's maybe it's because, they're not trying to like be the focus where you do get some crowds where they're almost like putting on their own little show. Um, and, and, and in Japan, it's like, they're just when, when they feel compelled to, you know, yell for their person, they do, but it's not like we're all chanting together necessarily. Um, but they do it still enjoy interacting. You know, you just have to, um, be attuned to sort of the subtleties. So I'll still, you know, say stuff to people or give them a look and, you know, they'll kind of react, but maybe not as, as vocally or aggressively as um, fans, maybe in like the United States would. <laughs> right. Miss Klein, uh, Miss Klein, Rick Vickery here. Uh, speaking of Japan, uh, you made your way to the, the land of the rising sun back in August to compete uh, at stardom Five, or the uh, yeah the, the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix uh, for for those not familiar with Stardom uh, this is very much like New Japan's version of the you know the G one climax tell us a little bit of a, about your trip over Stardom um, so it was really neat this time just going back and feeling immediately at home because I the first time I was there of course it, you know, I had never been to Japan and I had not met any of the people that I was, you know, there with. So it was like a lot to kind of take in and figure out and, and even just day-to-day things like going to the grocery store and, you know, things like that um, and traveling and, you know, using the transportation. So going back and already having that all out of the way, it was like just going back home in a lot of ways where I was like, oh, here's, here's my neighborhood and, you know, I, I knew my train routes and knew where my grocery store was that I liked and everything. Um, and kind of, you know, already just fell right back into some of my habits and rituals and routines. And, uh, and then just, you know, getting to see my friends again that, um, you know, friends that I had made there before. So that allowed me in some ways just to just really jump right in and, you know, go to, um, you know, get into my training at mid breath right away and, you know, go to the dojo and not feel awkward or uncomfortable or like have that kind of, um, I guess moment where you're, you're just sort of observing and trying to you know, figure out where you fit in or what the vibe is and, you know, how to, how to sort of you fit in appropriately, I guess. So, um, I was able to just jump in and, and that was great. So we just kept very busy. And then I was there with some, some girls that I had not met before, uh, and, and, you know, became really good friends with some people and, 
um, got to try some new things in, in the ring and in, in training. And, you know, so it was, it was really awesome. There was a lot of great talent in the tournament this year, some of which our fans may be familiar with, such as Kimberly, Rachel Ellering, Nicole Savoy, Mayu Iwatani, uh, Hazuki. And, of course, there's been a huge influx of new talent into the Women of Honor division with talents like Britt Baker now doing spots with ROH, Karen Q and Madison Rain returning from the May Young Classic. How, how do you feel about the women's independent scene right now? And are there any up-and-coming women that you feel like our listeners may not be familiar with that you feel like we should be paying attention to i did i mention maddie miles madison miles last time no i, I don't I, think so okay maybe we, we must just now talk about that um because she's she is um from like nova scotia canada and she turned 18 this past january she's i i love her i i just really enjoyed working with her um and I worked with her when she was 17 and she was you know, still pretty new and so she's still fairly new, but really has, has worked very hard. And I think she's over in the UK at the moment. Um, and then Momo Watanabe is um, one of the, the girls at stardom and she is absolutely phenomenal. I think she's just, she's got a huge future and um, was one of one of my many favorite people to work with um, in stardom, but also in the world. And I just think she is somebody to watch. I hope that I get to work with her again. Uh, it was just so much fun to to get to you know kind of be in the ring with her and train with her and see how far she had come since last year when I had worked with her and everything too. Um, and then I'm still, you know, I got to get in the ring and do, um, tag matches with Rachel Ellering, but I'm still waiting on my singles match. I'd love to work with her cause she's really just burst onto the scene in the last few years and worked very hard. But the, the women's, I mean, the women's scene is, is amazing right now. And it, you know, it has been now for, for several years, it's been really moving forward and it's, there's still always you know, obstacles, you can never rest on your laurels, but, um, there's, there's progress and headway. And I think there are a lot of women that are very, um, motivated and dedicated to, um, just continuing that and moving forward. You return to uh, ROH TV from stardom in October and then qualified for the fatal four way coming up at final battle on the November 3rd event in Pittsburgh, defeating Jenny Rose In watching this matchup. You really have seemed to have stepped up your game to a whole nother level since returning from stardom. Is this a result of the competition over there stuff you were learning in the dojo or just some new tricks that you've uh, picked up? Um, maybe it's, um, Maybe it's a variety of things. I think just having that experience where you you get to um, just train and work with a lot of different people um, just constantly. And, you know, I, I wasn't working a, um, you know, a day job. I, I was just training and working out and wrestling on events and working with new people. And that's always very invigorating, just getting the ring with new and different people and in front of different audiences. Um, but I think that something that really 
made a huge impact on me was just uh, developing uh, such a strong friendship with Rachel Ellering because she and I, I think both, um, I know she does this for me and I hope I do it for her, but um, we just were really able to kind of support and uplift each other and we still keep in touch and do that and to have somebody who um, can can be there to to just support and help motivate you and um, you know we we are there to remind each other you know how far we have come and how far you know we can still go is um, something that just gives gives me a lot of um, I guess fire and so when I came back it was kind of like you know what you just you need to go out there and just lay it all out there I don't hold anything back and there's there's no reason, you know, there's more risk in holding back than there is in just leaving it all out there. And that's, that's what we're all here for. Um, you know, I, I'm a storyteller and I know that I've worked hard for a long time and I've gone a lot of different places. So, um, you know, not comparing myself to anyone else. I just know that I have done all of these things and I have a lot to offer. So I'm, doing a disservice to myself, my opponents and the fans. If I don't go out there and just give it all. Well, Miss Klein, uh, one of the other things that we have noticed since you returned from Japan is, is the major difference in your social media. You know, rather than just being you know, pretty badass, it seems that you've been letting people uh, get to know you a little bit more in the personality behind what we see in the squared circle. Is this something that you've done consciously or in, well, have you done this consciously and, and what, role do you think social media plays in today's wrestling? Um, I think there's a, it was a little bit um, of a conscious choice just because I I want people to um, you know, have an opportunity to interact and I want to interact with my fans because if, you know, if they didn't exist or if they didn't care and they didn't come to events or tune in, then I, I always say, you know, without the fans, we are just, you know, fighting our friends in our underwear. It's just, you know, <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> so, um, I, I really, I like to, you know, be able to meet my fans and talk to my fans and interact with my fans and I become, you know, friends with some people and they've been, you know, really powerful motivators for me as well. But I, you know, I, I don't know why, but something just kind of made me stop and think, like, I know that, you know, in the ring, it's it's one thing, but when I'm outside of the ring, you know, I'm not not in competition with with everybody all the time. I mean, I, I guess I am. I am in competition. Everything can be a competition. I'm going to just <laughs> rephrase that. Um, but there's, you know, me showing other sides of myself and other facets of myself, I don't think that takes away from the part of myself that I am bringing out when I'm in the ring. And when I started wrestling, something that was always important to me and was really always my message that I wanted to share is that people can be everything that they want to be and you don't have to be one or the other. And, I, especially for, um, women and particularly young women, but this goes for everybody is that, um, any 
trait or characteristic is not mutually exclusive to another. So if you're an athlete, it doesn't mean you can't be smart. And if you're smart, it doesn't mean you can't be funny. If you're funny, it doesn't mean you can't be pretty. And I think um, people can and should embrace all all of those things and nurture all of those things. And um, I don't want, um, you know, ever to to see anyone who feels like they have to hide or um, close off a certain part of them in lieu of another. So, you know, I just thought with social media, it's such a powerful tool that I have access to. And I could have really, you know, just kind of walked the walk of that message that I wanted to share, that I can be a total badass and I can be aggressive and I can be determined and I can be competitive, but I can also be compassionate and I can be silly. And it's, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. So, um, you know, it's, it's important if I'm going to, try to share that message that you can be all of those things and I need to show how I'm all of those things. And it's something where I can help more people and reach more people, um, whether I know it or not, whether I know when I'm, you know, getting through to someone or not, um, if I'm showing all of these sides of me and that I'm, you know, sometimes I'm vulnerable or sometimes I'm silly or sometimes I can be, you know, have moments of, um, you know, questions or concerns, but that um, you can take all of those things and you can still achieve your goals. Very well said. Very well said. I can tell you that uh, you got over with my five-year-old when uh, you were in the gym and singing uh, Disney princess songs and uh, singing about your shapes on your Twitter. That that absolutely was a huge hit with uh, Little Miss Quinn. Uh, so uh, very well rounded. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and let's talk about the big event Friday, December fourteenth, New York City, the Hammerstein Ballroom, live on Honor Club. It's one of the marquee events of the year. The first time that the Women of Honor Championship will de- be defended on this stage. Of course, we're talking about final battle. It'll be the first and only Women of Honor champion Sumi Sakai defending the championship against Karen Q, Madison Rain, and of course yourself miss kelly klein this will be your first opportunity at the championship since the matchup with sumi what's your thought process going into final battle well i definitely have a um a point to make because first of all the fact that i haven't even gotten a singles opportunity when it, the way i see it i i was the that last you know person in between her and the in, in the championship and, um, you know, nobody else got closer than I did to it. So, um, for, for her to go this long without defending it in a rematch against me, I think is ridiculous. Um, uh, I, I know there's, oh, scheduling and traveling and, you know, I was in Japan, but I wasn't in Japan that long. So, um, well, you know, <laughs> Kelly, I, I figured out what it is here. I figured out what it is. See, mm-hmm. we, we, we had you on uh, right before your last matchup, and we have you on now <laughs> going into this matchup. The answer is if you want more title shots, you just have to come on the show more often. Is that... Is that that's what that's our, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll leave that one there. Uh, but I, I think it's really interesting that I never had a singles rematch with her, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have this match. Now I, I have to stay focused because you know, I have one person, Karen Q who, um, you know, I would love to t- make her tap out, but, 
you know, my, my eye is on the prize and my focus is that end game. Um, now if I can do that by way of eliminating Karen, um, instead of that score, that would be, that'd be great. But, uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's a big, big thing. And it's, it's, <laughs> do you prepare for a fatal four way differently than you do a singles match? I guess not really. Um, it's just more preparation um, because you you know in a, in a singles match you want to be familiar with your opponent and kind of not only what their sort of skill set, offense, and their particularly um, their each of their abilities would be, but also where their head is at. So sometimes you know if if somebody is kind of seems like a they've got a short fuse and then you have to be aware of that and and know that they may be more unpredictable um or if somebody is kind of just you know methodical and business as usual that's you know something you can kind of be aware of but um so you have to be familiar with each of these people but also have your head on a swivel because you know while I'm dealing with one person you've got got to have my eye and ears on two other people. And then the fact is that we all have really high stakes and, um, you know, I just kind of thinking through all these different scenarios of, um, how all of these different people affect the overall dynamic. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Karen Q to hide out and lay low until, you know, I've, I've done all the work for her and eliminated everybody else. I mean, you know, seems like her MO. (laughs) I mean, that's, I don't want to like point fingers or name any names, but and then you've got uh, Sumi and Ashley, um, Madison Rain, or Ashley Lane, who um, she has been been known as as well. For those listening who um, may have seen her earlier this year, uh, you know those those two. I gotta gotta keep my eye, my head uh, upward as well. <laughs> Um, you know, so it's just, there's going to be a lot going on. So I have to really stay focused and not let it, um, you know, get, get too emotional just because the stakes are raised. There is going to be a lot going on. Um, so I, I need to just really concentrate, stay focused and not let emotions get the best of me, which I, I, I think I'm normally, you know, able to keep it pretty cool and laid back. <laughs> Well, Miss Kalina, final, final battle, it's going to be huge. But let's talk about another huge event that's looming in the distance. April 6, 2019, Madison Square Garden, Ring of Honor in New Japan. What would it mean to you to walk into the garden as the Women of Honor champion? About, oh, five, oh shoot, what year was it? About um, almost seven years ago now, I guess. I remember walking past Madison Square Garden and kind of thinking, man, it would be cool to wrestle in there. So at that time, I, I, don't, I don't even, I don't remember if I thought that was even a possibility, but I just, I remember every time I walked past it, I just kind of walked a little slower and looked at it and um, it just seemed like a pipe dream at the time. Just so many things would have to fall into place and so many things would have to align 
to have that type of of an opportunity. Uh, so when when that news broke, it was you know pretty incredible and surreal, and it, it was it would be just so um, exciting to add another historic venue to the list of of places that I've gotten to perform. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you tell the people where to find you on social media, your pro wrestling tea store and anything else that you would like to plug. Okay. So I made social media really easy. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, type in real Kelly Klein and you will find me the same for all of them. And Pro Wrestling Tees, type in Kelly Klein. And um, I have some some things up my sleeve. I have actually recorded my first reciprocal interview. So stay tuned for that. I also have some exciting and really, I think, fun and unique t-shirt designs. uh, It'll be coming out on my Pro Wrestling Tees store. I also just did a photo shoot, so some new never before seen prints eight by tens and um even posters will be available soon um so i've just got like all kinds of stuff going on so everybody needs to stay tuned be ready because there's like a lot coming at you fantastic thank you so much for joining us and best of luck at final battle thank you so much Line, 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 triangle, 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 square, 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 circle, 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 oval, oval. These are my shapes, these are my shapes. 